Hey everyone, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I talk to former classmates from Wissick and High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. Don't forget to listen to episode 240 with Lauren Davis. Want to thank her. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts. And of course, the video is available at youtube.com slash redshirtplayer. Subscribe to the channel, like the videos, and follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at We Weren't Friends in High School. Rate the podcast anywhere you're listening to this. It helps. This week, my guest is Jen Shim. Jen is someone that I didn't know at all in high school, but after college, we hung out a few times, went to some Sixers games, talked a lot of Philly sports, and I haven't talked to Jen probably in four or five years. And I think in my head, Jen and I probably had talked about high school, but I realized during this recording, we never really got that deep into our experiences. So a lot of this is just completely brand new to me. Uh, We went really deep on Jen's upbringing, her culture, and how that affected her as a kid and continues to affect her today. So let's just get right into it. Here is my conversation with Jen Shim. Okay, Brad, a lot of pressure on you because I'm really boring and I don't remember anything from high school and I don't talk to anyone from high school. So you have to completely leave the conversation. (laughs) Everyone says that. Everyone says that they don't remember anything uh, about high school. But, you know, we'll start slow. Okay. We'll Sounds ease good. into it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the classic first question is when did you come into Wizahicken? Because I remember you from like Shady Grove. Yes. So OG. So um, kindergarten Shady Grove, um, Mrs. Wood. That's the one thing I will randomly remember. Um, I think I can remember all my teachers. But yeah. So OG, Shady Grove. Um, I I actually have spent a lot of time thinking about fifth grade, Mrs. Rose class. So I remember you were in that class. I actually remember where you sat. <laughs> where did where did I sit? On the left, right? So I was the um, so if you're in the back of the classroom facing Mrs. Rowe, I was in the back right and you're in the front left. Yeah. Um near Dan Donahue, because I actually saw Dan Donahue recently. I like I somehow found out that he was living in New York through Facebook and then had you know, stopped and be like, Hey, we haven't talked in forever. And you're in New York as well. So let's meet up. But I actually, I have, you know, I remember where a lot of people sat. I remember Jonathan Saunders was in the middle, middle row and towards the back. I think Sharice Dean and Ashley Crater right in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember like fifth grade, Mrs. Rowe pretty well too. I remember like where I sat was over by the lucky bucks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, we had like a little table over there right along the edge there where like Coop and I used to play chess in the mornings. Oh, right. Yes. Aaron Cooper. Yes. Remember like Charles Weed sat in the back? Yes. Charles Weed. I do remember that. Why near, Evan- near who? Near Evan Wallace. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So why do you remember that so well? The actual makeup? I don't know. I don't remember. Um... No, that's very interesting. I'm not sure why. Um, I think it was actually, I don't know if you remember, we had a fifth grade yearbook. Yeah, I got it. And right, got that it right here. was actually, I had that more readily available than our high school yearbooks. And I happened to be looking at that. Um, and I was reviewing it and kind of thinking about fifth grade more recently, maybe than the other classes. You know, I think it's because fifth grade was the last year where we had one teacher, right? So I think we're, for the most part, um, 
maybe we had a few different teachers, but I feel like starting in sixth grade, that's when you had a different teacher for all the different subjects. So I have, you know, it's harder to remember kind of the makeup and who was in each class. So that's probably why. Yeah. You know, it's, I guess that, that kind of goes with what I, I, I say often is that after fifth grade, things change so much socially because mm-hmm. when you're in elementary school, you're kind of forced to be integrated with everyone, right? When yeah. The birthdays, you have to bring like 28 cupcakes. Uh, Valentine's Day, you got to bring like 28 cards yeah. uh, with a mm-hmm. little with a little candy attached to it, and whether you yeah. like the person or not, and it's yep. all inclusive, um, at least in, in that way. And then once you get to middle school, it's kind of like. You don't do any of that stuff. So you have to actually have real friends to have those situations happen. Right, right, right. And then on sixth grade was when, you know, that's when we combined all the schools, right? I think for, I know it changed, um, you know, after we graduated, but I think when when we entered middle school, Shady Grove, Stony Creek, and Bluebell Elementary, right? So, yeah, everything got so many people, so. And Madison was uh, only K through three. So that's actually okay. when I came into Shady Grove was not until uh, fourth okay. grade. So for me, I didn't start. So like, even for you, like knowing everyone from Shady Grove, for me, I'd only known Shady Grove people for two years. Okay. Okay. Oh, I see. Yes. No, now that you say that, I remember that. Yes. Do you remember like who you were friends with in that era, kind of growing up as a kid? Who did you hang around? Like, did you hang around with people from your neighborhood? Did you hang out with actual school friends? Were they one and the same? Um, probably school friends. So I think one of the, um, people I think I've been friends with the longest, uh, was Ashley Kreider. So, um, I mean, honestly, I, I, everything before fifth grade is very vague. It's very likely I had no friends and that's why I don't remember anyone, but fifth grade was, um, I was friends with, you know, Ashley Kreider, Carrie McCormick, Stacey Lenz. Brad, you're so right. Once I start talking about it, I actually remember. Yeah. So that's who I was close with in fifth grade. Um, no, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, I'm just going to, you're getting points on the board here, just tallying them up. <laughs> yep. And then, yeah. And I feel like um, after fifth grade, I think I, I still stayed in touch with um, Ashley and I was you know, pretty good friends with her all throughout, even when we graduated. Um, and it's, you know, maybe exchanged a few texts, seen her a couple of times since we graduated. But then um, I think that that was about it. I think Ashley was sort of the one common denominator throughout middle school, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, yeah, and then I think in sixth grade, I think it was just whoever I was in, you know, um, my classes with, I think, um, Christina McDowell, I remember, and I remember that because her birthday is around October, and I remember she always had these, you know, we always had like a Halloween themed birthday party. So I remember that. So I think I was friends with her early middle school. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Sixth grade, which pod were you in? C. C. Mr. Winnicott. Okay was my Mr. Okay. Winter was my home teacher. And then we had Mr. I had Mr. Falatech for history. Okay. Okay. Name sound familiar. Winnicker, he had like a bushy beard, right? Winnicker, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looked like Bob Ross. Yes, yes, yes. Now that you say that, yes. And then uh Mrs. Walker for math. Miss Walker. She, 
she was part of me for saying that she had a, I think like a, maybe a glass eye. If I'm remembering correctly, it was kind of like her deal. A lot of teachers had deals that you remember them by. Oh, oh. No, I don't remember the glass eye. I feel like I don't remember the glass eye. But I mean, I guess, you know, since um, I was in B-Pods, I didn't have her. So that I means that's probably why I didn't have her. So so um, you had like uh, Goldberg and Watson Bay or uh, Del Muto or is that A? That was a mix of. So um, Watson Bay. Yes. So I actually, so she was in B-Pod. I don't think she ended up teaching many classes, but I did drama. Right. She was um she was the drama coach i still think one of the scariest women ever um so mrs amen mrs yeah. swanson with math and then miss gross with science okay miss gross yeah. <laughs> i believe i remember i remember this yeah i think sixth and seventh grades when um and then that's those are pretty much the only people i still talk to from high school is, you know deborah shen maria cho and then bogo entered our school i think in eighth grade eighth grade so Pretty much seventh grade, eighth grade on. Those are kind of that was my conflict, I guess. Um, okay. No, seventh grade. Seventh grade, I was um, friends with Kelly Brook, Megan Megan McDougal, Stephanie Shinek. The Shady Five. Um, is that what people called them? That's what they called them. Oh, really? Okay, themselves. That's what yeah, they referred right. to them. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yes, Jen, Jen Widener. Yes. Kate Mullen. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's fine. I think right? they were friends from, because they came from the same um, elementary school. So, I mean, honestly, I think it's probably because of last names. I mean, I became friends with Deborah Shin because of Shin and Shim. Um, and I think Stephanie Shinek, I think last name wise, we sat near each other. In middle school, um, you're you're able to be kind of linked up like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was probably um, who I hung up with in sixth grade and seventh grade. And then, honestly, to be, yeah, eighth grade on, I think it was pretty much um, just Deborah Shin, Maria Cho, and Bogo. So I got to ask, because I've I've talked to other students about this, right? Uh, mm -hmm. the, the Asian clique that kind of existed through school. You mentioned there, like you at seventh, eighth grade, it kind of shifts for you. What happens that that's where you gravitate? Um, you know, I think um, I think we all probably felt the same sort of awkwardness in high school, um, and I think um, you know, I think I'm sure you know similar upbringing and our, you know, being able to really relate about, you know, our overly strict Korean parents who couldn't speak English, I think probably, you know, contribute a lot to that. Um, I also knew Bogo from church. So I think we connected over that. Um, so, um, you know, I always, I think that's, that's probably still the case um, that, you know, my closest friends have always been Asian and that has been the case since, you know, post high school, though I haven't dated any Asian guys, um, for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's just easier. You already feel like you, you know, you don't have to explain certain things that other people might think is weird or odd. Um, and, you know, maybe, you know, less embarrassed if, you know, you have friends come over and, you know, how smells like Korean food or, you know, your parents can't speak English and things like that. So, um, 
you know, when we're all, you know, dorky and nerdy and all wanted to, you know, the only thing we cared about was like doing well in school and going to a good college and things like that. So, um, yeah, and I guess, you know, I think, um, you know, I was, as I was preparing for this, I was talking to my boyfriend and, you know, I think, I still think that even though we had like cliques in high school, I think I was still friends with, you know, lots of different people, um, at least friendly with, um, you know, having done different things and, you know, activities and such. How about you? Were you, were you friends with the same kind of group throughout? Well, so I'm biracial, right? So I, but I never, um, I never really had like really close black friends in the same way that like Mm -hmm. all my friends whom I hang out, hung out with outside of school were white. Mm-hmm. you know pretty much a, i think 100 percent um and it's still almost like that today it's it's predominantly white um mm-hmm. you know my friends from from college and and work and things like that um so that's why i i'm always curious because when i think back and i look at the the racial makeup i always see the the different groups right the the mm-hmm. black the black kids hanging over here the white kids over here and i mentioned a few times the you know when you have the large group of of asians mostly korean you know, walking through the hall by themselves or at the lunch mm-hmm. table. Um, and yeah, and I know you haven't dated Asian men. So I was curious if that was, I didn't really know like so much of your friend group, but I wanted, I was curious if mm-hmm. that was the same or different for you uh, in high school, at least as you were getting those friends. And then when you mentioned that Deborah and Bo, and I thought yeah. that was interesting. Um. Which you should know, it's not, it's not, I ask other people kind of that question as far as like their, yeah. their friend group and a lot of, you know, white people have said that they found an issue was theirs. And it's often um, activities like sports that helped integrate a lot of people into different friend groups that maybe they wouldn't have from where they live or, you know, who they have mm-hmm. class with or who they've, who they've known since fifth grade. Right, right. Um. You know, I think one thing is that, and I, I, I feel as though I was, you know, acutely aware of this when I was, um, you know, in elementary school and middle school, was that, you know, I think my closest friends were all, you know, Asian, but I definitely felt as though I was most, um, you know, whitewashed of them. So I kind of felt, you know, out of place, um, you know, so... Sorry, my cat is being really annoying. I fed them right before hoping that they wouldn't be annoying. But um, so, you know, I think that's. Um, Can you give me ex- an example? In terms of being example be- of what exactly? Feeling whitewashed by your friends. Um, I think the one biggest thing is that I, you know, didn't date Asian guys at all. And I wasn't attracted to them at all. Um, and I think I think I was very. I think I was unique in that way because I think, um, you know, you know, even now, I think even my girlfriends who are Asian, you know, most of them have, you know, are married to or have only been with Asian guys. And I think, you know, and I think who you date becomes, you know, a big part of who you are. And also, you know, if you're bringing your significant other along to hang out, you know, people will feel, you know, really weird. I mean, I definitely had friends, you know, kind of definitely shut down and be weird, but like, you know, Jen brought her white boyfriend. We don't know how to speak to him. And, um, you know, and I think that's, you know, I, I think 
my friends at that time were also aware of the fact that, you know, they were causing that sort of awkwardness. I don't think the, you know, the white people felt that way or anything like that. So. Did you, I don't know, when you dated, when you were in school, were you, how aware of it, of that specifically were you then? I mean, you were dating white, black guys, not Asian. Were mm-hmm. you aware of that, like then that that's how you were rolling or was it just kind of like just you're, you're a kid and so you're, you don't even think that deep about it? No, I think, I think definitely the latter. I think I didn't really think about it until, you know, friends would bring it up. Um, but, you know, I, I've, you know, especially recently, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about like, you know, I think there are many people who, you know, are constantly aware of the fact that, you know, they're a minority. Um, and I don't think I ever really, you know, think about that. Um, I mean, yes, most of my friends are Asian. Um, you know, my family's Asian and when I look in the mirror, it's an Asian face. Um, but I think, you know, I've never really thought about that. So I think, you know, when I was young, it was definitely like, oh, I, you know, I just like happen to like the cute guy and he just happens to be white. Um, yeah. And then every once in a while, then I'll like think about it and, uh, be like, oh, you know, I wonder if, you know, other people are noticing the fact that, you know, I'm Asian, I'm Asian and not white. If, you know, if I'm hanging with my boyfriend's friends or his family or something like that. So, um, no, I, I just, I really don't think I thought about it. And I think that, you know, now being so old and talking to other people about it, I think I'm unique in that way. I don't think I'm hypersensitive about it and thinking all the time I'm Asian and I'm different than everyone else here. Um, I, I think I rarely ever think that. It's funny. I grew up, you know, biracial. So my mm-hmm. mom, white, my dad's black, and um, mm-hmm. I've dated a lot of white women. But it's mm-hmm. funny when I look at multiracial couples or biracial couples, um, I often wonder, I wonder what they think. Of themselves. Were, yeah. Were you- yeah. I wonder, like, are they aware? Do they think about it? Um, and is there something going on with me that I'm so alert of mm-hmm. it? You know, like, I wonder that often. I mean, no, to be honest. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm an Asian girl and dating a white guy. So, um, it, like at least in New York, I mean, that's, and you know, I live in Upper East Side, my boyfriend lives in Upper West Side. And I mean, that was the, of all the different permutations in terms of dating race, like that was the one that you saw most often. And I remember feeling so, even though I was someone in, you know, a biracial relationship, I would, you know, definitely like, like, oh, notice it if I saw in other people. And then, um, you know, and, and I don't even know exactly why, but, um, you know, and I felt sort of, you know, I, we always joke on like, like, we're not even cool anymore. Like we're not, you know, there's so many Asian, Asian girl, white guy couples are like so boring. You know, it's like, oh, and then that's why we started to like, be like, oh my God, it's an Asian, Asian couple. Oh my God, you never see that. Let's start counting it. And you you barely ever see that. So, um, but yeah. And I think as I get older, I sort of, I think I've become more, you know, you know, aware of being Korean in the sense that, you know, um, finding it special or like, you know, wanting to learn Korean more and, you know, eat Korean food, um, and things like that, um, more so than when I was younger. Um, and I think, 
yeah, and I think, um, you know, that has made me feel also like a little bit guilty maybe of, oh, I spent my, you know, childhood feeling like, you know, whether subconsciously or, you know, being too white or something like that, but. Rachel Kim talked a little bit about, you know, her feeling of not wanting and not doing kind of what her parents' expectations were, not hanging mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. who, you know, that she was kind of supposed to hang with you know, an Asian crowd and she hung out with different people, you know, more of a, a looser crowd, we'll say. Um, mm -hmm. And she, mm -hmm. yeah, she, that was a struggle with her and her parents for, for a lot of years. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how similar, you know, for you, you mentioned that you maybe avoided some of those things for, for a long time in your youth. You know, I think, um, no, so that's, that's, no, and I think what Rachel had described, I think that's probably common for a lot of people. Um, and I think I, I was fortunate or not fortunate. I think my parents were very open-minded in terms of who I dated. Um, and, you know, to be honest, as, as I've, you know, you know, maybe not when I was, you know, elementary school or middle school, but as I get older, you know, they, I think they kind of had been, had told me that they actually would prefer a non-Korean guy. Um, and I think because of, um, you know, it's still very much expected that, you know, the woman has to be the submissive one. Um, she can't be successful or, you know, you know, she kind of, her job has to be to support her husband. And I think my parents were very much, they didn't want that for us, um, for me and my, my sisters, the two of us. So I think they were, you know, kind of discouraged the idea of, you know, being with at least a Korean guy, because a lot of them kind of still um, were raised by very traditional Korean parents who kind of like you know you're the prince so make sure you're not supposed to clean you know she she has to be highly educated but she can't have a high paying job and things like that um and i think you know my sister and i were both very loud and obnoxious and kind of gross and not ladylike so i think my parents knew that you know we um you know that wouldn't make sense for us and you know and i think to be honest now that i'm saying it i think part of it also is that the reason why i didn't date asian guys is because i think i also um, maybe a defense mechanism because I would, because I didn't think Asian guys would be attracted to me. So, you know, I was just, then I had been, you know, it was the sort of thing where I was it's like, well, I'm not dating them because I don't want to, not because, you know, they don't want to date me. So, and that's probably still the case, you know, uh, I mean, now, well, now I'm just used to not dating Korean guys. It'd be just odd to date one. And I, I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, it'd be the thing where like, I don't know how, what to talk to them about. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it has a lot to do with that as well. Feeling like Asian guys would be attracted to me. When did you start dating? I, I didn't date at all in high school, middle school. And I always felt like, like in middle school, I, people were dating, people were partying, people were having like these intergender social activities that I never took part in. Um, and I definitely felt like I was way behind the curve as far as that, you know, I feel like seventh grade is like people were dating already. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't, <laughs> I hang out with a couple guys and we ride our bikes. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's good. Girls, girls are, they're horrible. They're, they still are. They're just a distraction. Um, I guess, I mean, when do you say you really dated? Um, I think sixth grade was the first time I, like I said, I had a boyfriend <laughs> and actually it was actually Matt Choi. So the only Asian guy I've ever dated was my very first one. So Matt, and then, um, yeah, but I mean, you know, we're in sixth grade, so it's sort of, we'd be my boyfriend, then you ignore each other. 
Right. And then you make a big public like breakup or something like that to be cool or something like that. But um, all your girls get your back. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I guess I guess sixth grade, though. I mean, I don't think that really counts as, you know, a boyfriend. Um, but I also don't think like I actually went on a date until I'm sure like college. Really? Work like a guy would like, you know, pick you up or take you out. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. Um, that was why I never dated, because I didn't know how to do that, where to take someone. I was I was poor. I was like, you know, I worked at no. Wawa. I had like I had like one hundred and twenty dollars or, you know, maybe not even that much for like two weeks. You know, yeah. you have to make that last and you're supposed to be saving. And I was like, I don't know where I take somebody for a dinner. How much did dinners cost? You know, I think so. I do think that. Um, what's the PG way, PG rated way of saying this? Um, I think maybe our, I think so having had graduated high school and, you know, college and law school and, you know, life and you know, where we are now. And when I share about, you know, my high school experience, I think, um, you know, and feel free to say, no, I, that was, that's not how I, you know, remember high school was that I think we were very, um, sexually mature. I feel like, um, when I tell people what, you know, what seemed like was extremely common, even early on, like ninth grade, 10th grade, I think people were like, what really? But I really don't think that was happening in my high school. Um, and I think, you know, I add that because I think with the dating, I think that was much more, you know, I remember high school as in, you know, there were people always had a boyfriend. They were switching boyfriends all the time and getting back together with this one and, you know, dating this one, but hooking up with this one and dating two at the same time. And I think I sort of feel like that was, you know, unique to us when I talked to other people and I didn't think so at that time. Same. Same. And that was, but you know, I think it was unique for a certain group of people um, who, who had access to that world. I didn't. Um, and I've talked to a handful of people that, that didn't, or they did it in a, in a very different way on, on different degrees, as far as, you know, for instance, um, you know, people have been very sexually active. Some people not at all didn't date yeah. until after, after high school, not even like a, a you know, a school boyfriend or anything like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people partied and had, you know, so many drug experiences that after high school, they were kind of like, I've done it and I'm, I'm good. I've, I've experienced it and I'm, I'm over it while people are starting their experience in college. Others yeah. just sat around and drank beer in their basement with their friends. You know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it, it, I did none of that. Right. I didn't, I drank soda. Um, so there's, you know, on, I think on all of those scales of what they were doing there, was, but I do think that. Yeah, a lot of people say like, wow, that that scale, the high end of the scale is, I think, higher than what others might have experienced when you tell them outside of Wizzahicken. Yeah, yeah. And that could have just been our area, right? Like a, mm -hmm. our suburban area where we grew up. Um, where were you in Bluebell? Um, so Ambler, then Lower Gwynedd. Okay. Um, yeah, in Lower Gwynedd when I graduated high school. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that, that whole area, Lower Gwinnett, Ambler, Springhouse, Whitpain, we know all the, pro all the, uh, the boroughs mm -hmm. and townships, mm -hmm. but like, you know, that area, there's money there. Um, there's access 
to things there. Um, people kind of leave you alone uh, for the most part for whatever you're doing there. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't a very like hop on you type of thing. But it's funny because, right, like you said, how you remember it. Also, it's not like it was silent. Everyone kind of knew things were happening. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, when I think back on it, I think that's something that like, you know, I wish I hadn't done any, any of like any of that before, you know, before college, you know, dating included. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, and I think, um, no, I, I remember, I mean, I didn't frequently date in high school. I think uh, maybe a couple of people. And then, you know, that, that was probably it. I think like, um, I don't think I had that many like, even up, up to now, serious boyfriends. I think I've, you know, gone on many, many dates and things like that. But, um, you yeah, know, not too many relationships. Um, yeah. How about you? I feel like I don't really know anything about your love life. Didn't date at all in high school. Didn't mm -hmm. didn't start dating until college. And even mm -hmm. then was like a very, um, I had this chat with someone else that, like, I felt like because I didn't date that whole time, like, and the beginning of my 20s were very much like what you might consider in high school, I think, where you hang out almost in groups. You like people, mm -hmm. uh, there's hookups, and nothing ever serious ever happens. You kind of know people, you're, you're meeting people that are friends of people, and you're kind of just one big group of friends and dating, and yeah, that's yeah. the circle that you hang out with until you get interest of your own as you get older, and then you meet people from different worlds that no one else is in. And it takes until that to really mm -hmm. start having, like, I think for me, like real dating. And that didn't start happening until I was like in my mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, um, you know, you know how they always say in college, like you should never date when you're a freshman because, you know, you just end up hanging out with that one person, you know, you don't like build a friend group or you don't experience college. And I definitely think that's the case, you know, at any point. I think um, if you become too, you know, you just identify yourself as, you know, one half of this couple. Um, you spend all your time with that person. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really, I'm so, I think relationships are the thing I regret the most. I feel like they were such a waste of time and mm. um, waste of energy and things like that. And I wish, you know, that's something that, you know, I knew, you know, if, it, I, if anyone had told me that I wouldn't have listened, but like your date, like you like the guy that you're crying over. He's such a loser. And you're just, you're going to like, thank God. I just didn't spend any more time with him or, you know, embarrassed to tell people that you like were into someone like that before. So, um, yeah. Well, what were you spending your time doing, uh, in school? Do were you doing activities, sports? Um, what were you, what were you doing? Like once it's two forty-five. Yeah, I think, um, no, just activities, you know, I, so I wasn't in the high school band or anything like that, but I took, you know, piano and flute outside of school. Um, I did in middle school cheerleading, did lacrosse for a little bit, field hockey, and then, you know, all the different clubs, um, a lot of them, and then did the Roman Haas thing. 
I forget when that started, but you know, what's going the to Roman Haas thing? It was the, I did it for a while and I can't remember when it started. It was like every Wednesday night you would go to Roman Haas and they would, I think it's a, actually something really great. It would just be, you know, they would give you, I mean, it was volunteers from, um, that worked at, you know, employees of Roman Haas that would, um, you know, kind of walk you through some sort of real life lab and it would be an assignment and things like that. And it was like every Wednesday night for a while. And I did that and I loved that. Um, um, and I took, I took classes outside of, out of, outside of school as well. Um, what do you mean you took classes outside of school? Um, you know, I took additional like classes that, you know, um, you know, at Monco where I took Korean classes every Saturday for forever. Um, just, you know, additional enrichment classes, because remember I was like <laughs> a nerd and the only thing I cared about was like, you know, doing well in school, being successful, going to a good college, getting a good job. And that's kind of, you know, everything I did was kind of, you know, for that ultimate goal and things like that. So, um, but I mean, I think, um, I think, you know, I spent a lot of time hanging out with friends too. Wasn't there a time when like every Friday there was a dance at school, right? I think at least in middle school, every Friday there was dance at school. And I'm sure it was because, so we weren't out like doing drugs or something like that. I I don't think every Friday because I remember there used to be teen night every Friday at the YMCA. Teen night, okay. Yeah, and then I do remember there were dances. Maybe I don't know. I would say maybe like three or four a year if I were, you know, if I were to guess, like one a quarter or something. I can't okay. imagine every Friday, but because I do remember okay. we used to go to. Teen so, night. like important, I was like, oh my god, they're all the time. <laughs> but you know, Fridays were like dance school dance night. Yeah, if you if you add them to like you know the uh you know two or three years that you're there uh that's mm-hmm. like, could be like 12 dances that we went to yeah um uh, i hated this <laughs> school dance. yeah because I, I didn't been... like dancing i didn't know what to do i just hung out with my friends against the wall yep but mm-hmm. i went <laughs> but yeah I, went. I mean it was um I mean, I'm sure it was definitely i mean i can't remember exactly but like you know I'm sure the guy's standing on one side the girl's standing on one side and then you know it takes you like two-thirds of the dance to like you know for the guy to like approach the girl and you do like you know one dance where you're like like this right mm-hmm. um but i remember going to those and i remember having a lot of fun you know at the dances i mean it was probably also because you know mr landis was always djing them and he was he's you know still top 10 you know one of my top 10 crushes uh, of all time <laughs> um Yes, I probably had a lot of fun going to those because of him. <laughs> um, You're not the first to to admire him on the podcast. Yeah, no, he's um, you know, and this was this was years after. This was recently, as in, um, it was after college, after law school. I was actually touring um, a girl who is um, the daughter of one of my parents' friends, but she ended up she was at Wissahickon, and she ended up she was mentioning Mr. Landis, and she you know, happened to have pictures of him and showed them to me. I was like, oh my God, he looks exactly the same. Um, and, you know, still looks amazing. And I was just like, wow. It's a- <laughs> you know, and I had like these fantasies where I would go back to school and be like, Mr. Landis, you have, you're my seventh grade, you know, science teacher, you know, look at me. I'm all grown up now. Like, let's see it now. <laughs> no, I definitely did. I actually like, I, I saw him. Um, 
I don't know if you ever had him, but like he, when he, when I had him in seventh grade, he was, he was married and his wife at that time would, was also a substitute teacher. So I had her a couple of times and this is really, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit this, that this is, so we're talking about dating and this is like, I'm telling you about Mr. Landis, but actually I remember his, Mr. Landis's father was, you know, running some sort of like um, community service event that I was um, volunteering at. And this is when I was in high school. So this was, I was still at Wasaken, but this was years after I had him. And um, when I found out he was Mr. Landis's father, I was like, you know, I had your son um, in seventh grade and he was an amazing teacher. I learned so much from him. Um, and somehow he mentioned that, um, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, Scott got a divorce since he last had him. And I, you know, of course I was like, like, I think I'm still too young, but I mean, this is where I'm going to build and build. And then I remember, I think it was after college, I had come back. I was like visiting my parents and I, um, I ran into him, ran into him as an, I, I like kind of like stuff in the corner, not that he would remember me, but I don't know, some restaurant, I mean, it was like Chipotle or something like that. And he was with his new wife and a kid. Um, mm. and I was like, you know, oh, well, but, um, <laughs> but yes, no, I told, I totally remember him. Yes. So. That's probably why I went to those dances. So you were a nerd in school. You know, I I think so, but um, no, I don't think. I mean, you know, not a nerd, but I think um, I was very much someone who like was there for school. And I, I, I really, I loved high school. Um, I mean, middle school too. Um, and I think, um, I don't think I, you know, put too much value in the social aspect of it. I think, you know, I don't, I, I don't, it wasn't until I was older that I think I really started to appreciate friendships and things like that. So I think, um, Maybe, maybe nerd's not the right one. Maybe, you know, more narrowly focused maybe than other people. Um, and yeah, and I think, I think I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I was one of those people I, you know, developed close relationships with my teachers. Um, you know, I think that, like, I wrote all of them, you know, the ones that I, you know, became really close with, you know, letters at the end, you know, when I graduated high school or something like that, I went to visit them and wrote them letters. Um, it's very studious. You know, I think, you know, I think that's where I felt like, you know, I knew what I was doing and I enjoyed it and I felt I was good at it. So mm. why not kind of, you know, stick with that as opposed to like, you know, I'm like the cool, you know, hot girl or something like that. So, you know, just kind of cling to what you're good at and, you know, where you feel comfortable. So, um, yeah. Did you have a favorite teacher in high school? Um, several. I think probably Mrs. McLaughlin was my favorite. She was AP U.S. History. Um, I like Mr. Walker too. He was econ. Those are the those are two that really stick out in my mind, and I think it's because I think um, they weren't particularly popular with other people, but I happen to really like. You like so, the underdog. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Philly Philly fans of the end. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Well, what did you think? Um, did you have like a, a career in mind when you were in school that you were, I mean, you said that, you know, you were very focused. You it was kind of ingrained, I guess, family wise, like you were supposed to do well. You were going to go to college. 
what did you think that you wanted to do as an adult or did, had you already made that decision? Did your parents um, guide you in a uh, certain way? No, I think, um, I think I knew what I didn't want to do. I knew I de definitely didn't want to become a doctor or anything like that. Um, so I, I think in high school, I had a pretty good idea of what I was going to major in. And, and I think, so that being like, you know, the general sort of area of political science and economics and things like that, and, you know, government relations, things like that, um, that I was going to focus on, which is what I did in college. And it wasn't until, um, I guess like halfway through college or maybe the end of college where I was like, okay, I guess I'll become a lawyer because I don't know what else to do. And at least that's like a, you know, defined path. So like, I know I had to apply, apply for a job as a lawyer as opposed to, you know, I have this, you know, degree in, you know, economics. What am I going to do with it? I could work at a think tank. I could, you know, work for the government. I could go into teaching. I could do something completely different. Um, so, um, no, I mean, I, I think I picked law just because I, I didn't know what else to do. And I felt like there was flexibility there. What did you like about um, political science, econ, that drove you in that direction as being so young? Um, I thought that it was just, you know, and when I was in college too, I, I was, I really tried to take as many classes as I possibly could. And I thought it was very, you know, you know, the discipline or even at least the course that you're in, you know, you would be, you know, required to take as part of a major in college was a little bit of everything. So you're kind of getting a broad sort of exposure to different types of things. So I think um, I didn't want anything that was narrowly focused in case I changed my mind. Um, I definitely wanted to have, you know, um, you know, wide spectrum of jobs that would be available to me. Um, so, you know, and I thought it's like, you know, if I don't, if I do something completely different, at least, you know, I think, um, you know, so I was an econ, political science, international relations major in college. And I said, you know, that can apply to anything that can be, you know, I can apply with that to any kind of job. I can kind of sort of, you know, narrow that focus in grad school or later, uh, figure out what I like, um, you know, where the economy is going, where the jobs are. So I think it was just because, um, you know, giving myself, you know, the most number of options, I think, in terms of job. And I still think that's the case. Like, I think, um, you know, as, as a lawyer, I, I work in house and I think that has, you know, I've liked sort of the general sort of, um, you know, job duty. So if I want to do something more narrowly focused, I can do that. I can work in different types of companies, different types of industries. Um, you know, just to make sure if I, in case I change my mind or I feel like I'm unhappy, there's, you know, you know, there are alternatives there where, you know, I, you know, I definitely went to college with a lot of people who went the med school route and realized after they became an attending that they hated it. So, and then I think then you're like limited to at least the sciences because that's what you, you know, um, studied and things like that. So, you know, what kind of law do you, do you specialize in? Um, so, you know, I just sort of fell into it after law school. I do investment management work. So I've always worked in house. So, um, uh, right now I'm, um, in house counsel at the investment management arm of a insurance company. So, um, you know, supporting their, um, portfolio managers and negotiating deals. Um, and that's where I've been. So doing investment management work. So before this, I was at a hedge fund and house counsel at a hedge fund. And before that, um, 
you know, in-house counsel at a private investment consulting firm. So that's basically, and that's not even like I went to law school, I was like, I'm going to do this. It's sort of just the job was there and I like it. And by being in-house, it's sort of, you get the broad exposure. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be, you know, I'm not a litigator and, I'll, and that's, you know, just focused on like family law or trust, you know, I do a little bit of everything. So every day is, you know, interesting. And I feel as though I've worked in all these different sort of, you know, financial consulting, you know, at a hedge fund um, here at a, um, you know, global insurance company, you know, so I feel as though, you know, if I wanted to switch and that's do something completely different, but I mean, I think those options are available. So. Um, I've talked to a few first generation uh, Americans for the podcast, as far as, you know, they've, it's pretty common, like the difficulty of the college process when you don't have someone um, in your family to help guide you through, you know, applications and, and things like that. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Did you experience anything like that? Did you, you know, even from a, not even just from an immigrant, but like, you know, for myself, like my parents were not college, you know, masterminds. Um, and a lot of people uh-huh. just like no one in their family had ever gone to college. Like the process was really hard, but then when you add in, the fact that, you know, maybe family doesn't speak English very well. Did, mm-hmm. How did you find the process and what was your, your process for selecting a college? Um, no, that's a good question. And I'm actually, I can't, I think, I mean, I think it was just, I sort of had to figure it out on my own and, you know, have the initiative to sort of do the research and figure out what I needed to do and how to figure the process out. Um, and I think, you know, my parents didn't go to college, um, didn't go to college here in the States, but they went to, um, you know, very competitive colleges in Korea. So I think they were at least, um, made sure they were aware of the college sort of process in, um, in the States. So I think it was a combination of that. They sort of guided me, but they weren't too, too involved. So I think I just probably figured out on my own, but, um, you know, so my sister is five and a half years younger than me. So I, you know, definitely for her, I was the one who kind of did everything for her. I actually, you know, received the applications and, you know, post the deadlines and things like that. Cause my sister was much like, you know, lazier and, you know, kind of removed from the process. Um, Does that make you like a part doctor? Hmm? Does that make you like part doctor? You're practically no, a doctor? I take credit for her success. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I did it, you know, so I helped her. So, mm-hmm. No, 100%. So, um, I mean, she always knew what she was into. She, she always was interested in the sciences and she was, my sister was, is, was such a little weirdo. Um, so, you know, um, I think she knew, I don't think she knew she wanted to become a doctor, but, um, you know, she was always the sciences and things like that. But, you know, I think, um, you know, you know, my sister's unique. So I helped her with like the college admissions process, but I think she was very, she had a lot of, you know, initiative um, and she was just very confident in herself. So she was always able to find like these, you know, these experiences that I think that um, a lot of other kids, I think we just kind of expect, you know, our parents would find it for us where, you know, and I think now that, you know, um, you know, parents are much more involved. They, you know, they plan out everything like, you know, when you're 12, this is your, these are your five activities. And when you're 14, these are your other activities. And this is what you're going to do. And these are the languages you're going to take and things like that. And, 
Um, I don't think that was very much the case, you know, when we were growing up, um, but, you know, very much so now, but I think my, so, you know, even if my parents kind of guided me, I think my sister was very different. She just kind of found these experiences on her own. Like she did like a summer living on a boat um, cause she was, she wants to do like marine biology and she, I don't know, she did that when she was like an eighth grade or something like that. And I don't know she found that and applied for it, but that's what she did. And Where did you apply for college? Um, I mean, and I had no process. It was just like the top schools I applied to. So, um, and I know, like, I remember like people were like, oh, I definitely want to go to a small school and things like that. So, and I, I don't think that was ever the case for me. Um, I thought, you know, um, bigger is always better. Um, and I think, you know, and I, I guess I still believe that too. I think if you go to a larger school, you just have, you know, more opportunities to take different types of classes and meet different types of people. Um, so yeah, I think it was just the schools that I had heard of that I knew were, you know, good colleges that um, were, you know, on the larger side. Um, and I guess like, you know, there, there was a preference for like, you know, not in the middle of nowhere, but I guess the larger universities are going to be near in a city or nearby a city and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I told people, I was like, oh, I, I really want to go to school with a great international relations program. But I mean, that was just bullshit. So, <laughs> but I, I mean, it was like something to say, right? So like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just randomly picking colleges out of nowhere and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah. Where'd you end up at? I went to Penn. Um, so I, so yeah, so I was, um, and I think that was great because I mean, you know, Penn's in Philly. So it's sort of, you know, it's, you know, and I, you know, I still went home very frequently and, um, you know, my parents went to, came to visit me a lot, but obviously it's extremely different, you know, and I, when I think it, you know, and I think like going to school in a huge city was, you know, you know, I think that's great. I mean, I made a lot of stupid mistakes, you know, being like someone who went to, you know, suburban high school, stuff like that. I remember like going to Wawa in the middle of the night in like my pig pajamas and like, when I think about it, I'm like, why was I not, you know, raped and murdered? I was just, you know, asking for it and things like that. But, and I still think that was a great decision, a great decision for me because I, you know, I had these majors, but, you know, I felt as though, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, Penn has, you know, the great war and, you know, business programs. I took like marketing classes and management classes. And then um, I was like, I still want to take, you know, psych. I want to take French, you know, I want to take, you know, anthropology and things like that. And, you know, feeling like, you know, I could kind of just sit in those classes. So, um, you know, I was someone who tried to load up on my courses every single semester to make sure. It's like my parents are paying so much money, I, you know, need to get as much as I can out of it. So, Yeah. No, it was great. I, I think it was a it was a good decision for me. I went to um, UNC for law school, so that was very very different. It's yeah, still so good. You uh, so you do. Why didn't you want to be a? You say you didn't want to be a doctor. You knew that. Why didn't you want to be a doctor? I think you know a variety of reasons. I think one being that you know. I mean, though I know people can do, you know, 
can go to pre-med round, just go into the sciences. I just felt as though that seemed really, you know, limiting. And I guess I was still, I still knew people who are a little bit older who, um, you know, changed their minds and, you know, had to stick with the sciences or, you know, I think I was even then at that, even when I was young, I was definitely aware of the fact that it was very difficult to get into medical school. And that was a very long road um, and that you're, you are very poor for a very long period of time. And so even now when I meet like younger kids, I go, oh, I'm going to become a doctor. I'm like, don't, it's, there's, there's no point. <laughs> um, because, you know, it's a very long, long process. So, you know, and I think, you know, I'm not someone who, who's patient. I was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to wait like, you know, 10, 15 years to be making money. Um, and I just thought it was too competitive. So I, I wanted to do something that, you know, I could sort of just figure it out. It wasn't that big of a deal. And, you know, some, you know, my sister's a surgeon and I, I, I you know, she, I mean, she's unique and then she really, really loves, loves her job. But, you know, I always think I'm like, you know, I definitely show up to work hungover, you know, you know, right. You can't, or I, mean, I guess she could, but like, you know, it's, I can't have a job that like, matters that much so i was like if i do investment management work like legal like i mean that's what i do i'm in-house counsel and i do investment management i was like that's just you know if you know if i f up it's just money it's not <laughs> like not, life, not yeah. yeah it was just it seemed you know and i and i just didn't and i didn't care enough about anything to do something that serious mm. i think i don't know how about you? I mean, you, I mean, you've had such an interesting sort of post-college experience and I know you work with the WWE and I don't know how, like, did you know, you know, in college that that's what you wanted to do with this? I mean, what was your major? Film, film and media arts. Okay. Um, I didn't, know, I didn't know that. I think I knew that. Yeah. I was like, I, I didn't know when I started college, I didn't know what I was going to be doing in college. Mm -hmm. I was very low on my self-esteem as far as what I was capable of. Um, I didn't have a lot of, I had no planning for, for college. Um, I would kind of like got, I, I went to Monco for my first two years, uh, two and a half, got my associates. I didn't have a direction and Monco really did help me, um, <clears throat> figure out, what kind of stuff I like to do in a college setting. Um, that's mm -hmm. where I, I did a radio, I did the radio station at Monco. I did, I was hands on mm -hmm. with, with a video camera and I had to do projects and you're trying to do different type of projects. I, I, uh, led a, uh, I led the, like the campus TV show as the executive producer for the campus TV show. So like, I'm learning how to organize and, and lead other people. I sucked at it then, but like I was learning, I was getting experience in that so that by the time I got to temple, I find out that, you know, as a junior, no one at Temple has actually even touched equipment yet. They're all just taking their core classes, their math, their history. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I've had two years experience of doing all these all these things hands on. Mm -hmm. Learning how to use it is is nothing I'm wasting any time doing, whereas everyone else is kind of spending their first few months kind of getting used to that. Um so I didn't know every step along the way and, and every, you know, the WWE thing was like an accident. I wasn't like very prepared for something like that. I was mm -hmm. fresh out of college. Um, I, I might've been happy at that point if I had stayed working at my corporate Wawa job and that, mm -hmm. it, you know, I was traveling and I, 
I was making a salary for the first time in my life. And I was like, uh-huh. you know, I was 25 and I was like, I can't believe this is happening or 24. can't believe this is happening. And, um, I, I might have been, if that had stayed, I might've been happy doing that for the next, you know, 10 years of my life. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but it wasn't until then, like, you know, you get a little taste of something and go, Oh, I like that. Your world expands and you meet someone and you go, what do they do? Oh, I like yeah. that. You know, the idea of like being a director was so, I don't know, obscure to me. Mm-hmm, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know the path in, you know, I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know how to do it. I just talked to to Hank Jones, who is a writer, um, in Hollywood. And he, at, wow. the exact, at the exact same time that I was like trying to do it, um, and gave up, he was trying and still trying and trying and he stayed and he didn't quit. And I, you know, just kind of learning the steps along the way of how he made that happen. It was a lot of preparation. It was a lot of staying the course and a lot of just being ready so that when mm-hmm. luck happens, you have all the materials you need to facilitate and and make someone's mind a yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those were things that I, 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 and I think I still struggle with that. I could never see. So everything that I did, I, I, I know what I like to do, right? I like being creative. Um, mm-hmm. But unless I create it for myself, I have a hard time seeing it and saying, I think I could do this or I think I could do that or I want to be this or that. It's hard for me to just mm-hmm. take something like, say, I want to be on TV and you know what I mean? It's not that simple and I don't I don't know how to do it. Yeah. No, um, no, I, 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 I completely agree. And I think. I mean, I think that's what I what I do now because I just, I don't have that creativity. I don't have that patience. I don't know how to figure things out. I just, you know, um, risk averse, things like that. Yeah. But no, I completely agree. Like when I meet people who are not, you know, like lawyers or doctors. So, you know, my sister's a doctor, my boyfriend's a lawyer, you know, I wonder like, how did you get into that? How did you even learn about that as a career? You know, how did you, figure that out and get an idea of what you would be doing every, you know, every day. Well, Um, that's why I asked when you said you didn't want to be a doctor. And then you said that you went, then you went to UNC for law school. My first thought (laughs) was when you had said you didn't want to be a doctor without asking, I thought maybe you probably didn't want to do the years, but law school is no walk in the park either. No, but, um, yeah, no, but, um, so, I mean, to be honest, I think for me, um, because lack of creativity, um, wanting some sort of, you know, um, assurances about at least, you know, having some sort of degree that, you know, even if I could couldn't get a job immediately, I'd be like, okay, well, I have this degree. I could do, you know, this will tell an employer that I can at least do certain things. Um, so it was sort of just you know, you know, medicine had been, you know, you know, eliminated early on. So it was sort of law school where I figured that, you know, something would hopefully just find me. Um, and I figured this was, again, I, I felt like it was the least risky thing I could do. Um, you know, after college, I was like, I, I knew I had to go to, you know, more years of schooling because I didn't feel like I was ready. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, I feel as though I needed to be more specialized. Um, you know, I just didn't, I still didn't know anything. So, and I think, um, I mean, yeah, like I, you know, I wish I had a better answer, but it was sort of, 
No, you that's know? it. Good. I think a lot. I just of didn't people... know what else to do, so I'll, I guess I'll guess I'll go to law school. So, and that seemed to be like much easier than you know at least you know medicine, and then getting like you know a master's and I don't I don't know what I would get one in. Um, at least the law school, you know, you go to law school and people expect that, you know, you're going to be a lawyer as opposed to, you know, you, you go to grad school and get a, you know, master's and I don't know, political science, like, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just because I, I just, um, I was too scared to kind of take, you know, a risk and trying to figure something out. Um, I just thought it would be the easiest, easiest sort of path and just, you know, praying across my fingers. I was like, Hopefully I won't hate it. Mm. And, um, you know, hopefully I don't hate it. And, um, and, I, and I think, um, you know, I don't have high expectations for a job. You know, I think, um, you know, I, I really think as long as it, you know, pays the bills and you don't dread it every single day, um, you know, I think you should consider yourself lucky. I think there are a lot of people. <laughs> I was going to say. You can't, you can't get everything. And, I work really, really, really long hours, but um, I'm still able to work fully remotely. I find the work, you know, very intellectually stimulating um, and the money's good. So I'm like, I, I can't complain. You know, there might be still a lot of things I hate, but, you know, yes, it's a yes. job I expected, you know, so, um, you know, and I think, you know, when I was young, I was just like, you know, I was very, you know, aware of the fact that I was like, you know, I really need to enjoy being this young because, you know, I can do whatever I want. There's not these expectations. I don't have to pay bills. I don't have to like worry about, you know, getting fired or, you know, I just wake up, go to school and, you know, hang out with friends, come back, do homework and do it all over again. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, and I think, you know, when you're younger, you have all these, you know, grand ideas be like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be rich. You know, I'm going to love my job. I'm going to, you know, change the world. I'm going to, you know, you know, seize every single day and you're like, God, it's need to survive. Right. So, right. Um, you know, and I think, you know, when I was younger, I was like, Oh, well, you know, there's a brief period of time that I was like, okay, maybe I'll find a job that, you know, checks all that. But, you know, and I think it took me a long time to figure, you know, be okay with that. I think, you know, late twenties, early thirties, I think I was still like, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this really my life? This sucks. I hate it. I think we all go through that phase. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that's what, is that like a similar answer from the other people that you've been talking to? Yeah. A lot of people have changed their, their mind. You know, they go through college and, and then they go, Oh, this isn't what I wanted to do at all. Um, it, no one has the answers really. And you know, some people, and that's why I said, when you said like, you know, be able to it pays the bills, you don't dread it. Um, mm-hmm. that really is for a lot of us, the best we can hope for. We can't all, um, you know, me, even like I work in video, um, but I'm not always doing stuff that I always exactly want to do. Sometimes you're being pulled and pushed in, into things that you don't want to do. And like there are yeah. months, there are months where I'm just going, oh, I hate that I'm signed up for this. And you just, you know, you get you get through it, but you're not like, you know, on a daily basis. I don't dread it. And therefore, it's like the best I can like, I, I can only hope that it'd be this good because I know it's not perfect. I've been places where it's been miserable every day. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to go in. I can't get out quick enough. You know, I, I I've seen both sides of it and like yeah. this side is great. You know, short of being so rich that I don't have to do anything ever that I don't want to do. And I can just tell mm-hmm. people no to their face, you know, short mm-hmm. of like being at that status of life. This is pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah. 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 
No, and I think that's, I think, you know, I always say like life is about management expectations, right? So I think um, being aware of that, you know, that, you know, there isn't some, anything out there that's perfect, um, you know, kind of helps you be more satisfied in your current situation, knowing that, you know, everything has minuses and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So, and I guess I've been fortunate or unfortunate to have like close friends who, you know, had jobs that they absolutely hate um, and like, you know, crying every single day um, and, you know, wishing that they would just get hit by a bus every single day. And I was like, okay, well, I don't feel like that. So I, you know, you know, be fortunate and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Grass isn't always greener. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, what what do you feel like? So you said you've done like 60, 70, 70 yeah. of these. Yeah. What do you, do you feel like you've learned, you know, what are your main takeaways or a common thread or, um, you know, things that you've realized or from just people where their stories or, you know, their high school experiences, their memories? What well, what we just mentioned was one of them that, you know, so many people went into at post, post high school kind of thinking that they had to figure it out because of either how well or how sure things seemed or, you know, things mm -hmm. fell into place of like, got good grades, got into a good school. I will take this route and then get three to five years in and realize, oh no, this isn't what I want to do. This isn't me. That's been pretty common. Um, I think also the modesty of people, like also, like you said, like a lot of these things didn't matter as much from high school, mm -hmm. like you, I think you mentioned as far as like, you know, the time that you spent with dating and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like, I think people in general, sometimes it, it surprised me people that, you know, cause we talk about the popular kids and all that. And, um, some of them mentioned like, it, you know, wasn't as much, th there wasn't as much to take from that as adults now as yeah. they thought there would be when they were younger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and also, I think like, I think that everyone is so willing, every, a lot of people are so, are so into wiping the slate clean of what they thought mm -hmm. to take like new, now, now they are now they are to really like mm -hmm. I, a lot of people really take to this, this concept of like looking at it as an adult and seeing things through fresh eyes and, and looking at stuff and saying like, oh, I didn't really know what I was doing then. Or mm -hmm. um, when I, or, or will often say like, you know, this person that I didn't interact with in any way was my favorite, was my favorite interview that, that you've done. Um, you know, this person had mm -hmm. a, a, what an incredible story, or I just didn't know that this person was going through this. Um, everyone's kind of willing to show a lot of their blemishes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and accept everyone else's as well into, yeah. a, into a, a new image of who that person is. Because I think all of us have, until an episode airs, our image of that person is what we know the day we left right. high school. And, and, he, and if you were to see that person at Walmart, you say, oh, and you would like tap your, tap your boyfriend and say, oh, that's so-and-so from high school. Back then mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. were this, this, and that. And yeah. then when I talk to them and you, they expose things about themselves and then someone else listens and they go, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that about them. I never thought that mm -hmm. even people that were friends are saying like, I didn't know this about my own friend. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, so that's, mm -hmm. that's something that I think I'm learning a lot that 
you know, we all say like everyone's not as perfect and we didn't have social media back then. But I think even just through the hallways, you heard about people's lives and you just thought, wow, that person's so cool. That person is up here on this pedestal. That girl mm-hmm. is the, that's the pretty hot girl. That is the, that's the athletic, uh, the athletic, you know, heartthrob guy that this guy did this and this girl's going to do this. And this, this person's parents are, are filthy rich and they go on all these vacations. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you talk to them and it's like, you know, I have these problems and I have these problems and these, these issues. And when I was older, this happened. And he's like, wow, that's, these things are so universal. You, no matter who you are and what your status yeah. is, a lot of these things that happen, you can't avoid them. Do you feel like the most, like, um, most of the people that you've talked to, the general feel has been, you know, high school was a good experience? Very 50-50. I think okay. for the most, I think, I think well, maybe like 60-40 of um, it wasn't all great, but it wasn't all bad. Mm-hmm. Some, there's some were like I hated it, wasn't any good. Some are like it meant nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my life didn't start until after. And then there's probably like a good, there's probably like 60 that's like, I loved school. School was great. I loved my friends. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. I look back with fond memories. Mm-hmm. But there's a 40% uh, that is like, it's negative or indifferent. Because, so the one thing, and, you know, I remember when we had, um, you know, we talked on the phone, you know, last week when you um, asked me to do this and you mentioned, you know, I, I don't really go on social media that much. Um, and so I'll go on like once, you know, maybe once. And even now when I go on, it's like to follow like animal rescue groups or something like that. But um, so I go very, you know, I go on very infrequently. So I, I want to, you know, acknowledge the fact that, you know, what I see is, you know, might not, is probably not accurate at all because of my infrequency of going on to and, you know, exposure to social media. But it definitely seems like, you know, and, and since you've spoken to everyone and I feel like you still keep in contact with a lot of people that we went to school with, that people are still very good friends with the people from high school. And I also feel like there are many people who married people from high school. And it's not even the case where like, oh, this is my high school sweetheart. We just sort of, you know, reconnected, you know, 10 years later. And um and I don't know if it's because, you know, you know, a high percentage of our class or, you know, our school ended up settling back in the same area or, you know, I, I, I you know, I think that's, you know, other than, you know, a couple of the people I keep close, you know, you know, talk to regularly, which is like, you know, Bo Maria and Deborah, and even then it's not that frequently, you know, I don't really, you know, keep in touch with anyone from high school at all. Um, but d- is that accurate? Like what I'm saying that it seems as though a lot of people have kept in touch are still friends with have married. And I think it goes back to like, again, you know, the root of the, you know, the popular kid kind of scenario where like, I mean, there's, there's, I think there's a lot of people that have two to three friends, right. That, they try and get together with with two to three friends if when they're back in the area, if they come back in the area, whatever. Um, but I think, and I think that's like what you talk about with with Bo and 
and Deborah and things like that. And then there's, there's, I think a larger group of what you're seeing, like when you see probably like the Facebook picture and there's like nine people in the picture or, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, or someone gets married and there's like 15 people like there. And, um, I think that's more of like, you know, I think when there's such a large number of people, the connections run in so many different ways that it, it makes it hard to sever the ties with all those people. Right. Mm-hmm. So say like mm-hmm. you only say you only have two or three friends that you really keep in touch with. But then like by the time you turn 23 and maybe you say move to New York and those two and three people that live in New York are also friends with another two or three people that live in New York. And it's like, oh, hey, remember them? You know, mm-hmm. I found myself in a situation right before college ended. I guess I was still at Monco. Uh, so it wasn't before it ended, but I was still at Monco where I was hanging out with my friends from Wawa. They weren't from the area. They're from Las Vegas and West Philly. That was my my friends that I was hanging out with uh, when yeah. I was, you know, first couple of years of college. Um, I went away and they started hanging out with a new kid that took over my shift at Wawa while I was at the beach. Um, mm-hmm. Alex Fiambulis. Do you remember Fee? Alex Fiambulis from middle school? That name sounds really familiar. So Fee went to went to middle school with us and then went to uh, a private school afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. and he was really good friends with Jason Herb and, mm-hmm. Dan, yes, and but... Dan Bolger. And I come back mm-hmm. from the summer and all my friends that never went to his Hicken are hanging out with Dan Bolger and Jason Herb. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, what's going on here? And now next thing I know, I'm hanging out with Dan Bolger and Jason Herb and Alex Fambliss. And so here we are like two years removed from high school, which I'd never really hung out with any of those guys before. Mm-hmm. Now here I am hanging out with them and we've already got this bond and it's kind of like you pick up. It's like, Oh yeah, it's my buddy. I knew him from high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think in little ways, I think it happens more often than just like me going a couple of years and running into these two guys. But I think when you have such a larger group of friends, I think that makes it a lot easier. And, you know, I think some people, I think, like I said, like the people that liked high school, I think that was an aspect that a lot of them liked was the social mm-hmm. aspect that was important to them. Um, yeah. So that is something that they keep and, and hold on to. And um, a lot of people, yeah, like the group and it makes it easier now with group texting and, and all that, and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to, to keep in contact. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's that people liked it. It's 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 so easy to do. And they already started with a large enough group that, you know, it's maybe like when you see all those people together, it's maybe like three different groups of four of four. And those four are all best friends. And then the other different groups, the other four groups of four are all like moderately friends with someone else. But they're all really good friends with that one person that they're Mm -hmm. all there for. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I don't remember really who was friends with who in high school where like maybe I remember like general groups or something like that. But like, you know, that's why like when I see pictures, I'm like, okay, like I don't remember if they were like, you know, friends in high school. Do they just like, I mean, were they always friends or do they just connect after high school? Um, you know, because I, I find it very interesting just because, you know, at our age, if you're friends with people from high school and, you know, friends as in like, they are your closest friends. They're not just people that you're still friendly with. It's because you make, maintain momentum. You know, it's hard to like pick up with somebody afterwards because your experiences are so different. And um, I mean, you could, I guess, I mean, you can be friends with anyone, right? But I think um, there has to be some sort of, you know, you know, 
yeah, momentum maintenance in order to, you know, still be friends, like close friends with someone. And I feel as though if you didn't continue to keep in contact after high school, at least somewhat regularly, that it would be hard to sort of, you know, pick up that friendship again. So I just wonder if, you know, they were just always, you know, they they were very good about, you know, you know, maintaining that friendship, you know, after, you know, so even if they went to separate colleges, it was, you know, hey, we're all back in the area and we still, you know, maintain, mm-hmm. maintained contact and hung out, um, you know, throughout college. So I think that hey, happens when you look at people's like Facebook or Instagrams and stuff, you can see through the years mm-hmm. that like people went on vacations together, uh, double, double date vacations or whatever. My boyfriend and or me and my boyfriend and my best friend from high school and her boyfriend and, and you know, like this stuff happened. And then, you know, as life happens, we're both, you know, unmarried without children. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, we haven't had, but you've had, you've had friends that have had babies, gotten married. Um, if you had a larger group, you would see those people on a more regular basis. You got four or five friends that have babe, two or three kids over the course of the last 10 or 15 years. You'd have yeah. two, time, two or three times a year to meet up with people, you know, throughout right. that time for, for whatever. It'd be a thing and you want to and you keep investing in, in that life, in that world. Again, because you only took a few out of high school with you, as I did really too. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it didn't really grow for me. It was like those friends that I have that I still keep in touch with are college, like college yeah. and a little bit of work mm-hmm, mm-hmm, early, mm-hmm. early years of work, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, it, I thought that was more typical and then I was just wondering if it was, you know, unique to Wissahickon or, you know, something like that. So people definitely mention like people are like, oh, wow, they like they're married to or they're married to people like who don't go to Wizahicken and will look at it or listen to the the podcast and go like, wow, that's like they have all those different friends. But I think the friend group rotates. So you have so many different memories. Um, and again, yeah. yes, the momentum, like I think maybe in that case, like you probably had friends and people you were friendly with from high school that if that momentum had pushed, if you had pushed that momentum, you could have stayed in those circles of people. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't. And, and, you know, the things that people look for in friendships is what kind of mm-hmm. pushes. So that probably isn't something that you're looking for in a friendship for for what works for you. You know, you probably need something a little bit more uh, closer. Yeah, no, I think that's very accurate. I think that's you know very accurate to say. I think I would say that would be sort of. You know, my own um, self-evaluation. Yeah, if I were to really think about it. And I say that because we, we've had other people talk about um, experiences with you in concerts and <laughs> in sync concert. Right. Was that what it was? I was, you know, I was obsessed. So so like I actually so I recently showed my boyfriend pictures of my room because um, I was like obsessed with NSYNC and you know, and he's, you know, he's obviously heard me, you know, tell him stories and things like that. When he saw, he was like, I'm like really scared. And I was like, I know I'm like, I was, you know, I was scared of myself too. And like, I, when I look at that, I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm even showing you that. I'm like, you know, that's just, you know, certifiable, like nut job and things like that. But no, I, um, I would imagine that like if anyone who wasn't like tight with me in high school, like that's what they would remember. Cause I was obsessed with NSYNC. Um, yeah, but you know, I, um, I went to every single show. I still have the tickets for every single Philly show that they ever went to, um, you know, 
Pam Lacey was um, like the concert go-to girl. So like she was always ride or die in terms of any kind of concert or things like that. So, um, you know, actually like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know, January 31st is Justin Timberlake's birthday. Why do I still remember that? I was like, because I was crazy obsessed. So yes. So, oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely went to, um, yeah. So, and I think, I mean, they were really popular then, right? So it's, yeah, you know, it was them in Backstreet Boys was up for going to a concert. You know, we definitely went to those shows together. That was, you know, that was so much fun. That was so much fun. And yeah, I mean, high school, high school was fun. I mean, I think the, the things I, you know, hate about high school is just, I mean, I have so many regrets, right. And you're just like, oh my God, I just want to, you know, you know, wish I didn't feel that way or do that or wear that or say that or anything and things like that. So do you think it would have did these, I mean, you say you have regrets. Do you think it would have changed anything about you? Um, I mean, it wouldn't have changed as in, you know, I, you know, the saying like, you know, youth is wasted on the young, you know, I was just like, oh yeah, that's great. And then it wasn't until very recently that I really, really thought about it. And I was like, I totally get that. Um, and, you know, I was, um, so I don't have kids, but my boyfriend has kids and, you know, his daughter, his oldest um, daughter is, you know, she's 13, almost 14. And, um, you know, I feel like we're always having arguments with her. We're like, it doesn't matter. You're wrong. Okay, can you just, she'll be like, no, it's not. You know, we'll be like, you don't know anything. Okay, just if, when you can accept that, that's when you'll, you'll, you know, you'll get the most out of life. And he and I were talking about, if there was a 13 year old kid who was like, you know what, I don't know anything. I'm like a complete ignorant shit. And my parents, they really know everything because, you know, they've lived life and they've been on this earth for 40 years or whatever. That would be like, that kid is going to be successful because they know. Um, so, would I have, would I have, if I knew anything, would I have changed my behavior? No. Cause I, you know, we were all, you know, we thought we knew everything and we only saw what we saw. Um, but you know, if, if I were to listen and I was aware, I think, you know, I think I'd be a happier kid and also be a happier adult because I think as a happier kid, I think I would realize that like the things I thought matter really, 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 really didn't. Um, and you know, had I, you know, had I, you know, spent less time worrying about those types of things, I think, you know, I could have prepared myself for a better future. And then I think, you know, and adequately, you know, emotionally prepare myself to be an adult. And I think if I also knew that too, I think I would have been easier on myself in terms of like expectations, you know, cause you know, when I was 16, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be married and have kids by I'm 25. And then, you know, you have these expectations that you would, you know, I'll be this level of success and this level of happiness and have achieved this level of success with love and friendships and everything, you know, and I'm now, and I'm like, I had done nothing with my life. I'm like, I'm like, I have nothing to show for my life and things like that. And I think that's the one thing I have the most regrets about. It's not high school specific, but I was like, I wish I had realized how hard it is to be a parent. And mm -hmm. I wish I was easier for my parents. And like, the only thing I can do right now, my parents are like, you guys are so sweet is that, you know, I text them all the time. Like you guys did an amazing job. I don't know how you guys did it and trying to spoil them. And, you know, you know, buy them things, do nice things for them, tell them how much I, you know, love them and appreciate them because, you know, the fact that they did, didn't like, you know, yeah, just leave me on the side of the road. I'm just shocked by it because 
I would have done that. I would do that now if I, you know, if that was, if I was, you know, it's hard. So it's hard. I, yeah, I was no easy kid either. You know, he's a slam doors and shit. Like it's, (laughs) it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, wait, Brad, I still want to ask you a couple of questions about like, you know, like things that you've learned or realized by doing this. Like, would you say like, what's the, biggest surprise that you've you know or biggest shock or something just very unexpected that you've learned or when i started the show i thought this was going to be like awkward fest like i i uh thought it was going to be like me confronting people from high school and lamenting about how i didn't how like people didn't like me and i and i got in trouble or or people used to make fun of me or didn't i just didn't get along with all these people and and you were the school bully and you were the you were the hot girl and mm-hmm. tell me about these stereotypes. And then very early on, people started telling me we would talk about like these things a little bit. But before we could ever get into things that were so surface level like that, mm-hmm. we get into something like very real about their real life that just made going back to something like, why do you think I was corny? Just seemed inappropriate just seemed like immaterial at that point it's like oh wow you're sharing like a a few of them especially in the very beginning i would after we do the interview i would like just like sit for days it would kind of fuck up my head i couldn't do a lot of them back to back to back because sometimes you have these deep conversations with people that you don't know at all and you just go like they know i'm putting this out right they know this is going to be like why do they tell me all these things and Mm -hmm. you know just these these stories that you just couldn't believe and um I never thought I would feel that I never thought that this would come to a place of like me feeling a responsibility to tell everyone's story properly, that this Mm -hmm. is essentially, you know, that people are into letting others know what they're into, or they just want me to stop bothering them to ask them, asking them to do it. But at the same time, they're willing to share their life with people from high school, go back to that time with me and, and share it. And you feel a real sense of responsibility when they're talking about, you know, struggles that they've had, you know, Jason Herb talked about alcoholism and Eric Coxon talked about, you know, going to jail and, and people talking about problems with pregnancy and, and struggles with their, with their body image and, you know, problems with their home life, with their parents. When people start telling you these things, it becomes so much more than a self-fulfilling, uh, I want to get to the bottom of why I have these horrible memories about high school. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's still that's a part of it and we figure out a lot of shit about that time and that's and together but then you realize again like you know you put all these people up up here on this pedestal and then they're telling you you know voluntarily i was actually down here in my head here's what was going on in my life i never ever ever thought that was going to be something this show was going to turn into or mm-hmm. be or be from the very beginning really it, it has from the very beginning i just mm-hmm. never expected that and then, you know, like I was always afraid when it first started. I recorded like the first six episodes or something in a vacuum before they aired. So mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. one no one knew what it was. So I had a real fear that one when I first started that everyone's going to be like, what is this? This sounds stupid. And no one did that. Everyone was like, wow, that sounds interesting. Or at the very least, we're like, I'm not sure exactly what you mean, but I'll, I'll go with it. Sure, let's do it. And then I had a real fear after it aired that everyone was going to go. Oh, well, now I'm not when I when Brad calls me or texts me or or DMs me, I'm not going to answer because I know what that is. And there's still some of that where people it's like, 
I'm the dun dun dun. Oh, Brad hit me up. Here we go. Yeah, um, but then there's a lot of people that like know exactly what's going to happen and s- are still willing to go through with it. Yeah. Or even excited about doing it. And I just never thought that, you know, go again, going back to like, you know, that high school going to college and what did I think I was going to do? I had that self-esteem issue of like, eh, nothing I'm doing is that great. I didn't mm-hmm. think people would be that into this to mm-hmm. look forward to doing it or to know what it is, know what the ask that I'm putting on them and then still say yes. Yeah. No, I mean, to be honest, so like, like when we had spoken, like I had known that you had, um, you know, was doing this cause I think, you know, somebody had like mentioned it or whatever, but, um, and then I hadn't really thought about it since. And, um, and then when you asked me about it, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember Brad has done this. And then, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to have to make sure I go online and I, you know, watch as many of these. So I know what the tone of it is and I don't go here and I don't do that. And, you know, um, you know, when I was like, you know, preparing for this and making sure I didn't have like shit stuck in my teeth, my boyfriend's like, Oh, so like, what do you, I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I was like, I haven't had a time to prepare. I've been so busy with work. I was going to watch all these videos and study and stuff like that. But like, I didn't do anything. And like, I might be like, everyone said this, and then I'm going to be going off and whatever. And people like, like, you know, I don't even know this bitch or this bitch is crazy. Or like, I knew I hated her and she's fucking weird or something like that. So I was like, but then I realized as we got, so I was like, I think it's a good thing that I didn't re- like view any of these. So like, I'm just being maybe not 100% honest, but like as natural and, you know, as comfortable, you know, cause I feel like I could be or whatever, but, um, but no, I think, th- I think this is an awesome and great idea. And I'm, I'm sure I think everyone who's done it, I'm sure probably thinks it's a thing even if it's just for you know self-reflection be like you know what you know i i don't remember thinking that way but you know that makes sense that i did and i'm glad that you know we're i'm upset that i did that but you know this can only be a good thing I, so, like, I mean i was always like subconscious like oh my god people are like oh my god she aged so badly or like that's not how i look like you know or whatever so like of course that's always like you know yeah, um, no one's saying that you know you're always worried about that kind of stuff so no, I, you know, I think everyone looks pretty good, to be honest. Like, uh, everyone that I've seen, I think looks like, like really good. I think the only, I think the best thing is like, if people can still like, you know, recognize you, mm-hmm. I think that's good. Um, you know, I'm someone who like, I still think like I look better than I did in high school just because I don't know what the fuck I was thinking in terms of like everything, like what I was doing. I'm just like, oh my God, that was just, just so gross and. Yeah, what was your get ready like in the in the mornings for school? What was your uh, what was your get ready? Did you, were you like an early riser to to do hair makeup stuff? Were you up at like five a.m.? Yes, yes. So, um, yeah. So, like, I definitely was like someone who planned out my outfit beforehand, and you know, did my hair, did makeup, and you know, at least try to keep track of what I wore every single day. Um, and, you know, not to repeat outfits, you know, uh, you know, within the same month or something like that. And like, and, oh my gosh. I mean, I know this is everyone's, but like, I mean, that's just, I don't know what the hell I was thinking in terms of like what I wore and I'm like, just so just horrible. But then I'm hoping that everyone else is also like consumed by the thoughts of like what they were doing. So they can't really remember what, you know, and again, that's like, you know, the whole thinking that you're the center of the universe, nobody else is thinking about the stupid mistakes, you know, you did because they're focused on their own or something like that. But no, I definitely think, um, yes, 
really putting a lot of effort and care into what I look like, even though I look like a piece of trash and stuff like that. So it's like, you have like, you put in more effort, it would look better, but like, um, yeah. You, th you thought you looked like a piece of trash? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I did. I didn't think that at that time, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't, you know, I can't believe I ever, and I'm just so embarrassed. Like seriously, like anyone, like, you know, if my boyfriend's like, oh, can I? I'm like, no, you can't see any of me. Oh, I have you're to not gonna immediately and I just like um even like you know my sister like you know she my sister was so like the the you know the fashionable non-conformist so she like went out of her way like we have she had this like Manny Ramirez stage where she just like she wants to be different so she wore XXL like men's and her oh, hair yeah. and that and she wants to get rid of those photos but um yeah I don't I don't god it's horrendous but did you you didn't feel like that then, right? Like you were you, like you weren't being ridiculed for your looks in high school, were you? I mean, probably behind my back. I mean, very few people said it to my face. Um, I mean, um, I mean, people definitely said it to my face, and I think, you know, and I'm still a strong believer that it's. It, it, I really do think it's harder to grow up as a girl than a guy, and I think girls are, you know, horrendous. Just you know, just so mean and horrible and the things that they will say and do um but i think people i think our high school was generally nice i think very few people said mean things directly to my face but um i mean i don't know if this has come up with uh, you know the again because i haven't watched any of these and i don't know if like the guys were aware of it but like you know even when we're like in sixth grade and seventh grade like the girls bathroom had like the truth board so you would write things about you know, girls, um, you know, and, you know, those are just, you know, really, like really wall. Yeah. So like, you know, like the janitor would paint over it every single day, but like somebody would write over it all the time, you know, and it's horrible. And I, I'm, I know I said, you know, I wrote things about other girls and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, and I still remember exactly like all the things that were said about me on that board. And I'm, you know, I still definitely think about it like however many years later and stuff mm. like that. Um, you know, those are always the rough things about high school and things like that. But, um, yeah, guys didn't like talk about like I don't remember guys really talking. Like guys would talk about your like I remember being teased like about my clothes, um, mm -hmm. not really about like my life. You know, mm -hmm, was, mm -hmm. you know, so much it would be like more about like my clothes not being you know uh, in style uh, or then just like aggression of of miscommunications and egos in classrooms. And that would be like the bulk of like, you know, and then from there it would just be affiliations of, oh, you're friends with, with that guy that I got in a fight with, you know, last semester, well, fuck you too. And and then it would just, it was like, oh, well, Corbett's an asshole. And no, oh, that guy's an asshole. And that's just kind of how you walk around now for the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't, and then it just, but it would just be more of like a, a feeling of, oh, well, they all, they're always all fucking with me. And the way they, you know, it would, it would just be like that. And you just both stay here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, you know, and it's fortunate, like I, you know, I still think that like, and I was talking about this with a friend, like recently, as in a few months ago, where if somebody, somebody says something nice to me, I always think that they're making fun of me. It's mm -hmm. even now, like when I'm, you know at this age, you know, I still think, I mean, it could be like, oh yeah, Jen, they're totally making fun of you all the time. But like, you know, if, like 
anyone pays me a comment, especially like a stranger or something like that, like I always think like, oh, they're making fun of me. Um, and I, I definitely think that's, you know, that's a result of sort of kind of the awkward and that actually being the case when you're growing up and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I do think that like once we were like 15, 16, it kind of stopped. I feel like I, I feel like I was probably bullied the most when I was like seventh or eighth grade. Is it just verbal? Are you getting in fights? What what is it? What does bullying mean for for you at that age? No, just you know, um, you know, girls saying things. Yeah, I mean, one of my goals. I, I still want to like get into like an all out like you know brawl with somebody, but I've never had a I've never gotten into a fight with anyone before, like physical fight. But you know, just people saying like mean things and you know, things like that. So, yeah, yeah, I'd. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I like, where did you hear, where would you hear about stuff then where people say, I mean, would it just be on this, on this bathroom wall or is it like. What people you... were saying about me. Yeah. I think like, um, yeah, the bathroom wall for sure. And then, yeah, I think other people just, you know, saying things, you know, be like, Oh, do you, did you like, she's saying that you are this or you did this or, you know, all these different things. Yeah. See, that's the stuff that I think doesn't happen with guys where it's like, oh, uh, you know, Joey says you're a slut. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, because my boyfriend keeps talking about it, like, he's like, no, like, I, like high school sucked for me. And I constantly felt, but I was, you know, I told him, I was like, I think that was all in your head. Like, it wasn't like with girls where they were like, you know, actually like bitchy to you and saying stuff behind your back. It was like your own awkwardness. And yeah, right. Like, guys, you guys get into fights. I mean, do you guys ever like, like, even now at your age, have you ever like gotten into like sort of like, well, I'm not talking to him more like, or like, you know, I heard he's saying this behind my back. It's usually like, you know. Oh, I cut more- friends out all the time. I do that as a guy. Yeah, I, I stop talking to people all the time, not because they're saying stuff behind my back, but because they say stuff, period. I'm just like, oh, I'm done. I still do that today <laughs> where like I'll, I'll beef with people like that. But like, I don't know, as a guy, and I think, and I think some girls experience this too, but I think as a guy, I think like you, um, at least in my day, like it was, you know, the physical can be bad. You know, if you're getting punched on every day and shit like that, and and mine wasn't to that extent, but mine was like physical to where like I was apprehensive at all times around certain people of like shit could happen. And and I think, though, also something I'm learning is that those people didn't feel the same way. I was bringing that aggression in, but maybe Mm -hmm. not everyone necessarily was feeling quite as aggressive on a day to day basis because of something that happened last week. I -hmm. never forgot. I kept that shit with me for the next semester, for the next yeah. year, for two years later to our senior year. I remember I punched that guy. I punched that guy in ninth grade. Fuck him. Mm-hmm, e- mm-hmm. Even though that guy's just thinking like, oh, I don't even who him. Oh, what? What about him? You know what I mean? Like it wasn't really on the on the radar as much as they were for for me. Yeah, I think that's usually the case, right? It's really the person is experiencing it is like that's where, you know you know, you clinked it and, and, you know, it sticks with you. And, um, you know, and I, as you were talking, like, I don't remember, I do remember a couple of people who would always get picked on and like openly. Um, and I hope those people are, you know, are, you know, fashion models and billionaires now. I hope so. But, um, like, I don't remember anyone and I feel bad saying this because, you know, it could very well have been going on. And I just wasn't aware of it. Someone who was getting like physically beat up on, on a regular basis. Like, I don't remember that, mm. but I don't know if that, that could have been happening. I don't know. 
I mean, I did I did a podcast a couple weeks ago with Chris, or I did a few months ago. It aired a few weeks ago with Chris Hoagland. Do you remember Chris? The name sounds familiar. Yeah. So Chris actually left um, was a Hicken after middle school because he was getting bullied, and he transferred to LaSalle oh. for high school because the bullying mm-hmm. I got was just like so bad. So it happens. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, um, uh, I don't know how physical it was, but like uh, Barclay Neal talked about like her bullying. Um, and so I remember, it. I was never friends with her, but I remember her and I remember her name because of, because of that. And um, yeah. Yeah. And she was going through, you know, that was really, really hard for her. And she was going through so much stuff and, and it really, I think, you know, affected her. It did affect her. Um, you know, and it's, it's so it, like it happened. Um, but I think like in those cases, it's ones where you kind of like everyone knows it. Yeah. Well, I got, uh, I got one more, uh, generic question that I always ask favorite mm-hmm. movie in high school. God, fair movie in high school. See, this is the scary thing because I'm going to say a movie. You're like, that was like elementary school. I'm like, oh gosh, no. God. Um, if it, if it ventures into into elementary, it's okay. What comes to mind for you when you say when you think of your favorite movie? I mean, I, I definitely think like Clueless is up there, but that might have been like when we were incredibly young. I mean, I definitely was, you know, you know, trying to emulate shares like wardrobe and things like that. When you mentioned um, like trying not to like duplicate and you were planning, I I literally thought of shares uh, computerized. Yeah, um, and I think I was always like super into horror movies. Oh, really? Like like um, you know, like the the newer like shitty ones, but then also like I remember like it was like sophomore year or something like that. Like after school one day, I was like watching The Exorcist and Poltergeist and things like that. I was like really obsessed with um, like um, horror movies. I still am, but so I think I think. Yeah. I still enjoyed all the, oh, and I, you know, I was like, and then all the movies where it was like a bunch of like hot young guys. Do you remember the movie? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if you would, but the movie White Squall. No, with, White with the, Squall. With Scott Wolf, like the guy that was on the Party, party of Five. Party and five, again, yeah. I don't remember what year, but I definitely like, was like a mom of that movie that might've been, I'm really going to be embarrassed if this is like late college and you're like, Jen, you were like 22 and you had awful taste, but should I Google it for you real quick? Yeah. White Squall. 1996. So that would have been okay. eighth, that would have been eighth grade. Yes, I definitely remember that. I was Jeff Bridges. Oh, it's a boating movie. Yes, yes, yes. Jeff Bridges. Yes. <laughs> I was There's... obsessed with that movie. Yep. Scott Wolf. <laughs> he was so he was so adorable with his dimples and stuff like that. Oh gosh. I was a big party of five guy. Mm. So I was I was definitely into Scott Wolf as a mm-hmm. as an actor. Did you did you say what your favorite uh InSync song was? Did you have a a, a number one of all? Oh yeah, it... I must have spent a little more time on you. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yep, I totally I still remember that. That was like it's, it's amazing that things will be like you know I still like I still remember I still actually remember like the the like what I wore to the first day of eighth grade and it's. You know, I forget, you know, when you're mentioning people's names, like, you know, I forget a lot of things, but I think, I think there are things that I still remember in, you know, in detail. Um, 
but yeah, that's what that was a good time. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I'm someone who's you know buys. I I think we grew up in a better time. I think we had better TV shows for kids. Like, I mean, not like you know other TV shows, but hmm. you know, movies, music, you know, everything. But what was your favorite movie in high school? Um. God, I feel like I always give like a different a different answer. Like I liked I liked Clueless. I liked Armageddon. I liked mm. um God. I liked like Belly. I liked um like uh Twister was big for me. We had um, a lot of um like nat- natural disaster sort of movies. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jurassic- we were yeah uh, well Twister and uh and then there was uh I like Deep Impact. And arm or uh, was yeah. the other it was Armageddon and Deep Impact. Uh yes. there was Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones, and then there was Dante's <laughs> Peak with Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love I did love Scream. Uh I liked I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I so I, I had like illegal cable growing up, uh like from like high okay. school, from like ninety seven on I had had we had like a legal pay per view. So I used to get like mm-hmm. all the used to get all the movies. Uh, so like I would just the ones that were good, I'd watch them once and then tape them, and then I would watch them over and over. That thing you do yeah. was really really big. Cable Guy was huge. Multiplicity. Now they're all coming back to me. Multiplicity with with Michael Keenan where he uh, duplicates. I never, himself. Watched, never watched that. Did you hear? I heard. Um, I heard on the radio today that one of the like leaked Super Bowls is, is going to be with Jim Carrey doing some sort of Cable Guy sort of bit. I guess it's like for Verizon or T-Mobile or one of the. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I loved Cable Guy. <laughs> I've actually, I never, I've never watched that. Um, I think this was before, but I was obsessed with like the Mighty Duck movies. Yeah, love. It. I still got it on VHS. Um, I think I don't know that's what one to do with it, but I have it. <laughs> um, you know, I've been forcing my boyfriend's son to watch. I made him watch Little Giants, um, the Mighty Duck movies. Um, you know, rookie rookie of the year, yep. uh, Sandlot. Yep. I mean, I think that was when we were much younger, but those are still those are the best movies. Like they will. Yeah, those, never... yeah, the kids, the kids' sports movies. Uh, did you ever watch uh, Ladybugs? Yes, with Jonathan Brandis. Yes, yes, of course. And um, Sidekicks. What was Sidekicks? That was the one with him and Chuck Norris, with Jonathan Brandis and Chuck Norris, where he's Barry, the kid with oh, asthma. Oh yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. Very very. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, Ladybugs was uh Rodney Dangerfield though. Yes, yes. The soccer, he's um teaching his like coaching his like son's stepson's, you know, soccer team, right? Or something, or and he's dressing he's, up like a girl. He's yes. he's coaching his boss's daughter's soccer team and makes his girlfriend's oh, son yes, dress yes, up like a girl team. to join the girl's soccer yes. team. Who he yeah. also has a crush on the boss's daughter who sucks at soccer but is on the team. Yes. So he's trying to hit on her as a girl, but also win the soccer game. As mm. a girl. Do you just have excellent memory or have you recently watched this? <laughs> no, no, I just have I mean, I've actually talked about it recently. I just remember that era of movies like night like mid nineties, like I watched movies like that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I just remember mm-hmm. house was it a uh house arrest? Where uh, they trap the parents down in the basements and try and yes, talk them all yes. out of getting a divorce with Jamie Lee Curtis and Jennifer mm-hmm, Love mm-hmm. Hewitt and see I just like um, I just remember all those Batman Forever. Blair. 
Which one? Camp Nowhere. Oh yeah, Camp Nowhere. That was the one with mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, that was a good one. Uh, what was the Fat Camp one? Heavyweights. I was I was aware of. I don't think I've ever watched that. That's the watched. one where they they go to Fat Camp. It's basically Camp Nowhere, but it's a legit camp, and they have to compete with the skinny kids. And it's like, and ben, this, this wasn't this wasn't like a reality show. I mean, no, it's no, no. Yeah, it's like Ben Stiller is like this jacked up camp counselor at the fit camp, and he hates all the fat kids because he's oh, yes, fat. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Jen, the last thing that I always do with people, mm-hmm. and don't get mad because you said that you hate this. You hate pictures of yourself. I like to go back to the yearbook entry. Is this is this senior year? Is this, this our is, senior year? Or this is, this is senior okay? year. Have you looked at? So have you seen this? You said it wasn't readily available for you. I have. I mean, I've definitely seen it before. Um, yes. Ugh. You know, the one thing is like, like my eyebrows. I cannot stand them. <laughs> Now, I don't know. Maybe it's because, like, I've seen you over, like, the past 15, 20 years, like, plenty of times to, like, but I I don't know. In my head, you still look like the same person from high school. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I look In a good way, not in a what's in her eyebrows are still fucked up way, and, like, you still look exactly the same type of way. Um, I think the one thing is, like, um, I mean, I I remember being aware of the fact that when I was, like, in high school and things like that, because people had told me that, like, I looked really old. Like, I remember somebody was like, you look like you're 30 when I was like in eighth grade or something like that. So like, in a lot of ways, I feel like, and maybe it's because like I wore so much makeup or how I did my hair or something like that. But like, I definitely feel like in that way, I sort of feel like, oh, I kind of like, you know, you know, I look 30 then maybe I look a little bit younger now. So like now I sort of just look how I look and it's sort of like, you know, and I haven't changed that much or whatever. So at least like, at least I've gotten over the blonde hair thing by then. So like, that's, that wasn't but I mean, that's black and white, right? So like, I think you wouldn't have noticed yeah. it anyway, but see back then I thought that you were like, and probably because of like how you put your shit together, like you were planning outfits and all that stuff. I thought that you like had a presence of an older woman. But then when I look at this picture, it's like, this is a kid. <laughs> so, Oh my gosh. All right. So I got to read your, your, uh, run down your activities here. Real okay. Quick. Uh, health careers 11 through 12. Trojan Times, 11 and 12. Interact Club, oh. 10 through 12. Do you remember these? Yes, yes. I forgot I did Trojan Times. Um, but Health Careers, I remember. Yes, because I was treasurer for that. Yes. Omni, 9 through 12. Yes. Asian Studies, 10 through 12. Why were you skipping out in freshman year? That's probably when I, I was like, I'm, I'm white. I'm not Asian. I mean, wait this. Uh, junior class committee. Okay. Students against drug driving for 11 and 12. That was a club. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one that like okay. a lot of people just signed up for so that they can get into college. What did they we just, do like, for the club? Like, I mean. No one's ever really talked about what they actually did for the club. It's just that it was a thing. I mean, I remember having like, like 
fundraisers and things for the other ones, but like students against drunk driving, I, I can't remember, but okay. Did you like decorate the car that sat out front of the, in front of the sign before prom? To like I remember kids? that, but I don't remember doing that. Yeah. Like what do you do for that? Yeah. And does that require like an entire club of people to do? There's a lot I mean, of I'm people surprised with this. That uh, but okay there's a lot of people with with students against drunk driving on their oh. on their list here so it might have just been a kind of a bs get in thing that okay. no one told me about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh key club nine through twelve mm -hmm. fta ninth if that's so funny that i had just for nine future teachers of america oh that was actually fun i remember through that club like we were able to like that's when i went back to the middle school and was able to like do like student teaching for like a day or something like that. That was actually fun. I should remember that. I don't know why I only did it for one year. You know, when you're younger, everybody wants to be a kid. It's like fun to like break mm. papers or something like that. Mm. Hmm. The power. You like the power structure. Yep. Mm -hmm. The big red like crayon or marker. Be like, no, X. Yep. <laughs> Try harder. Yep. Uh, you've got lacrosse for ninth and field hockey for nine and ten. Uh, okay. You mentioned that you had done cheerleading in middle school and then you yes. got like a year and change here of a little bit of sports you didn't keep going though no i mean i just i mean it's it's still the case right now like i think i hate being physically active i'm so like disgusting i'm just like a lazy lump i i don't think i've met anyone who is less physically active than i am you know of any age group like even like people who are like twice my age i'm not proud of it but no i, I just no all right but you I did try it. to go i have to like i'm young this is the only time i'm actually going to be physically active and move around but it's like no man nope no um horticulture for 11 and 12. yes i did i liked horticulture okay mm -hmm. and national honor society for 12. Mm. so that means you were like really really smart getting really really good grades yeah, that was like the last time and then, but no, no, no. I think those, no, those bring back good, good memories. I think um, key club is where, you know, I did um, the um, computer tutoring at the nursing home on Saturday mornings. And I actually really enjoyed that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Our school was so large. I feel like we did have a really good offering in terms of like clubs, activities. Sports yeah. Even. Yeah. And, and the arts and, you know. Yes. Yes. You know, like there are things that, you know, because we only went to one middle school, one high school, you don't really realize like what other people had, but like I realized, so in elementary school, I don't know, we had a kiln. So we actually, that's when right. we like, we, and I remember when I told people that they're like, what? That's like completely unheard of. Or like our middle school had a swimming pool and it was a nice swimming pool. And I think when I told people that they were like, it's insane. Right. Um, right. But, we, we offered Latin and Japanese as foreign languages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, other schools is just like Spanish and then maybe French or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I remember we had like tech ed and I think in tech ed, we made those like race cars. And I remember mm -hmm. we had like the flight simulation. At one point they, they had purchased a flight simulation, you know, platform or whatever it was. And I remember we had that as well. Um, yeah. Mr. Latrinko, right? Yeah. And the other guy, it was we like got... the two of them. I remember he had mouth um, cancer, right? I don't know if I knew that, but that makes total sense. I just assumed that that's, <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. Um, he always wiped his mouth with a, 
with mm-hmm, like a cloth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice man. I can't remember. He was the woodshop guy. The Mr. Latrinko was like the Legos guy and the and the car guy. Mm-hmm, it was the mm-hmm. CO2 cartridges. Is Thatcher? Is it That's, Thatcher? Thatcher? Why does that sound I could be totally I could be totally wrong. That sounds but, right. Um no, but I, I think we I think we we had some really great um you know offerings and you know classes and everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely did. Yeah. Uh, our, 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 your book was orange. Wait, what were, I don't remember. I mean, I ha, again, I haven't seen it. Wait, what were our school colors? Navy blue and gold, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. I imagine that there is some, uh, there is like a yearbook company that just makes this and distributes it to everyone. And you, they just personalize it for the school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. So it's like this year it was like Ilium 2001 time and they sold this to 50,000 schools and they yeah. just print your name on the bottom sure. and like it doesn't even say was a hicken on this thing oh yeah it doesn't yeah you have a quote in here uh show me the way i should go for to you i lift up my soul song oh bible verse right? eight yes uh all my love what's that I guess that's fairly innocuous, but okay. Yeah, what does that what does that mean? Um, I'm not I'm not Bible literate, so no, I think probably just to follow follow Christ. Well, that's Psalms, so it's Old Testament, so just to follow God, to put trust in Him. Okay, I think that's a I think that's fair interpretation. Yeah. How big uh How big was church in in your life growing up? I know in like Korean life, it can be pretty big with the family and a lot of community is like centered around that was it same for you or um no it was and i think like i think maybe even like bigger in college but um no i mean um you know my dad was you know someone pretty prominent in the you know the local church which is a large church and things like that and as was my mom so i think yeah so church definitely every sunday um, you know, and I think when I was younger, I went to like, um, like summer, summer, um, what's it called? Vacation BBS. I'm assuming that vacation, vacation Bible summer school, something like that. Okay. Um, but and I think, th- I think there are a lot of people that I went to church with who I think they were very, very, I think their closest friends were from church. And I don't think that was the case for me, mm-hmm. but, um, no, I definitely had some friends that, um, in church and, you know, it was the same church for me, you know, since, you know, I was a baby. Oh, okay. And it's still the same one that my parents go to. Still now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I'll, you know, go to like on the Christmases that I visit. Right. Um, all my love to my mommy, daddy, and Steffi, and you do it all with IEs, which is impressive. <laughs> Oh God! Remember, I remember that was like a thing where ugh, that's so gross. But <laughs> at least, did I not do it with like the alternating caps and lowercase? Because I remember that was like something like I used to do, and I was just, oh my God. No, it is. It, it's it's capital M, capital D, capital S. 
with all eyes. Yeah, and that was just so gross because I never referred to my mom as mommy or my dad as daddy. And so, you know, <laughs> the I'm glad you said it. I was like, ready to. What's that? I need to go drink right now. (laughs) Um, You say you've given me hope, unending. uh, You've given me hope, unending, faith unparalleled, and love overflowing. To my friends, you've given me what time cannot erase. That's so lame. But I guess, like, oh my gosh. See, that's the sort of thing that, like, if I had a daughter that was decide to write that be like don't write that well because we can't all quote creed like amy sheehan did um creed the band yeah well i just heard the news today it seems my life is going to change i close my eyes begin to pray then tears of joy stream down my face with arms wide open um See, everything, we're all touched by different things. (laughs) Um, I definitely feel like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like um, there are a lot of people like quoted like Dave Matthews, I'm sure. So I I thought this would be the one, the one interview. We got to ring the Dave Matthews bell. I thought this would be the one I do that there's no Dave Matthews mentioned. Everyone loved Dave Matthews. (laughs) Did you love Dave did you no. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. And um But tell me even, about when you went to the Dave Matthews concert. And um I, I have gone. Of course, I yeah. I, 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 I mean I went because somebody was like, Oh, I have like really good seats. And I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I won't say no to that. But um so like, you know, when I've met people in my adult life who are like, you know, oh, you don't who who are huge like Dave fans, I'm always like, No, I, I'm not. And my excuse has always been like or has been like I'm Asian like that's such a white like that's what like white people like but I sort of I sort of feel like that I don't think Asian people really liked Dave Matthews and um and even now like I just um I just like yeah I I don't think it's like I, I, it's not like I dislike it I just feel like it's too jam bandy and it's just yeah there's things that like it's not like I've like rehearsed it in this way. It's just, it's the first thing that comes out, come out, comes out of my mouth. Like I'm Asian, I'm not white. Of course, like people are like a Seinfeld reference. I'm like, I'm fucking Asian. I don't know Seinfeld references. That's what like, I say. I say I'm black, dude. I don't like Dave Matthews. Like, I, I don't know. No, I'm just like, that's just like, you know, they're like, come on, it's sarcasm. I'm like, I don't understand sarcasm. I'm Asian. I'm not white. That's like a white thing. I don't, I don't get that. Like, that's just. Um, but Dave Matthews is definitely one of those things. And I remember it was huge in high school. I remember like when he was in town, like people were out of school, people were like blasting that. And I was just like, um, but I'm, I I can definitely recall like people quoting Dave in, I mean, for everything, I think like, you know, when, um, we had like the aim profiles, like online or whatever, you had like the quotes and stuff like that. People always had like some like Dave quote or whatever. I can't even tell you what they were because I did I didn't listen to the music so whatever but like you know live life and whatever because merrily because we all die and to drink and you know have sex See, or something like that or you whatever. Know way, you know way more than me and somewhere <laughs> right now Kelly Brook is listening to that, to that finishing that lyric. <laughs> oh, I didn't even remember that Kelly Brook had like Dave, but I mean I guess that makes sense. I mean, yeah. Deep and she, answer. Anytime we talk about Dave on an episode, she'll she'll 
laugh at me. And anytime Dave comes up now, she'll she'll make sure to send it to me to to laugh at me at my my uh, refusal to accept any Dave in my world in my life. Mm-hmm. Dave always seemed like very old to me, and I just felt like you know maybe I can listen to them now, but like as like someone who's like sixteen, seventeen, felt like weird listening to that. But it was just a persona for me of like you know the backwards visor, the flip flops, the cargo shorts. It was just kind of the you know. The unzip shorts, the shorts you unzip at the at the calf. Remember those? Yes, yes, very white. Yeah, and you just yeah, you would hear stories about everyone, and and probably because again, like right, like parties. I wasn't in that, and those were big parties. Everyone would go to the Tweeter Center and all that, and I didn't. Have <laughs> any, yes, I didn't have any friends that did that, and so that wasn't like anything that we were. So it was just like, oh, Dave Matthews. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, like honestly, like eighty percent of the people I talk to have a Dave Matthews like memory story sure, yeah. loved him you know whatever like he's probably the most spoken artist on this show i'm not surprised i do remember that from high school yeah <laughs> um well this has been awesome jen yeah, thank you so much for the you know the trip down memory lane i really it's 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 been it's, no it's been really fun and you know good break for me from work so I'm glad I could I could provide them. Thank you then for just being so yeah. You know, you know, shoot me up if you're ever like you know, um, in the New York area. I'm like out in Long Island, but it's you know, I still go into the city pretty frequently. So yeah, definitely, I definitely will. And keep in touch right. in general. Yeah. Yes, definitely. All right. Awesome. See you later. All right, that was my conversation with Jen Shim. Again, it's just funny how much you don't know about a person when you're just talking about the Sixers all the time. I just really never talked about these topics with Jen before, but I'm really glad we did and that we finally had this conversation because I felt like I learned a lot. I hope you guys did too. And if you want to watch this conversation, youtube.com slash redshirtplayer. In two weeks, I've got a really fun experiment of an episode, two guests at once. They're upperclassmen in the class of 2000. I'll leave it at that for you for now. We just finished recording it and I am admittedly a little bit buzzed. If you do want to know early who's coming up on the podcast, follow along on Instagram and Facebook at We Weren't Friends in High School. You'll get a sneak peek of the episode before it airs. That is it for me. I will see everyone in two weeks on a Monday morning with my two guest episode. Later.